Yes, sir. What's going on, my friend? Good to hear your voice. Now, what kind of sneakers are we wearing today? You know what? Uh, you, uh, it's, I'm not going to go ahead and compare to where you are in your side of the country, but it is cold-ish in Toronto today, so I'm wearing Rockports, if you can believe oh. it. Uh, so that's, uh, don't tell anybody. No. But uh, no, there, there's, there's, there's no checks today because uh, us Eastern softies are dealing with uh, <laughs> a minus 15 today. I will tell you, in my lifetime, one of the most uncomfortable days I've ever spent was in Toronto in the summertime. And I don't know if the humidity was especially bad coming off the lake, but I had to change my shirt four times. I'm not even kidding you during the day. Yeah, we could, we could have a long conversation about what is worse, uh, cold or damp cold. I'm sorry, dry cold or damp cold or humidity. <laughs> um, but all I can say is the one thing about Toronto is it gives you every edge of the spectrum it uh, does especially when it comes to when it comes to weather i remember i was walking with a guy that i worked with we were in toronto for a seminar and we were walking by the original canadian tire and it was 30 degrees and i was sweating and he said we should go in there and i was ready to choke him i said i'm going to the hotel i need to have a shower and get a shirt <laughs> I, i'm not walking another this is too damn humid it was awful yeah yeah i can tell you i've been too many times during uh, games in either hamilton or uh Toronto, it's been especially Hamilton. Uh, and we are super digressing here, but especially Hamilton on Labor Day when it's on the field. It, yeah. This past year was like 40, 45 degrees <laughs> oh, on the field humidity. I uh, People were looking at me while I was wearing a suit and they're like, What are you doing? I was like, Listen, man, I got to be professional even in this heat. Uh, so I wanted to, there's so many CFL things to talk about, but I want to talk about the McLeod Bethel Thompson. Uh, fans here are big fans of Trey Ford. So this was a little bit of a shocker and they've made another move, which we'll talk about that, that will hopefully help, uh, Bethel. But, but this is a guy who like has won a couple of great cups, was the starter in 2022. He, he's bona fide and he is a, a CFL quarterback of some quality. So when Jones go out and get the guy, you can understand why if you take the Trey Ford part of it out of it so from the point of view of, of 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 getting a player who could help them win and then having Ford as the backup or the the secondary the developing player it is a position of strength now for the Elks is that fair yeah I think it's fair but you still have to go ahead and you can still feel I don't know maybe sympathy is the wrong word but my goodness do you feel do you feel bad for Trey Ford because I I was with one of his coaches from Waterloo on the field in Toronto when he made that play before halftime, when he rolled out to his left and threw across the field, something that, again, you're not supposed to do as a professional quarterback, but he he made it look so effortless in his execution that you were like, this is a guy who can operate off schedule so well. And then now you bring in someone like McLeod Buffalo-Thompson, who, I mean, you look, his resume speaks for itself. He's been in so many uh, NFL camps, has played in, in nearly every professional league in the U.S., certainly was a backup to Ricky Ray, was part of that 2017 Argo team that won a great cup. And then, you know, had, had it not been for, for his son, would have likely finished that game. Uh, you know, certainly Chad, Chad Kelly coming in sparked uh, the Argos uh, comeback late, late on that game in Regina against uh, Winnipeg in, in 2022. But he comes in with, with a resume. But I still look at Trey Ford and, and this whole idea, and I, you know, I know my colleague Marshall Ferguson has, has, has talked about this many times, the investment in a, in a Canadian quarterback. Definitely we saw it with Nathan Work, but that's different because he went to an American university. Trey Ford and all of his talents and what he was able to do, I remember looking at his coach going, all he needs is good coaching. He just needs a belief and a buy-in. He needs someone to look at him and say, we believe in your abilities. Uh, but this might ultimately end up being something great for, for Trey Ford because uh, 
from a psychological standpoint and a, and a, and a culture and locker room standpoint, I can tell you that one of the reasons that Chad Kelly, uh, you know, apart from certainly that East final loss and, and uh, his interceptions against the Montreal Alouettes, one of the reasons he was able to come into the league and operate the way he did is because he spent time behind McLeod Bethel Thompson. And he watched a guy who, yes, MBT will wear his heart on his sleeve, but he is so committed to winning and building a locker room culture. And Trey Ford is going to look at that and, and learn even more so how to be a leader. But I really think there, there has to come a point where uh, Chris Jones, G. Roy Simon, the whole front office staff and coaching staff in Edmonton really look at Trey Ford and say, are we doing the best we can? Because this, this, this young quarterback has so much talent, but you can't deny the, the, the absolute opportunity it is to bring in McLeod Buffalo Thompson, but I still feel bad for Trey Ford. So is there any possibility, and I'm not trying to stir anything up, I've already had people mad at me, but if, if, if a team like, say, Calgary came with an offer for Trey Ford it, it, and it was substantial, is there any chance the Elks would move off of Ford and move him out? Uh, especially in the CFL, when, you know, draft picks, uh, and certainly now with the added uh, incentive of, of getting players off of of negotiation list. I mean, certainly you can look at Chad Kelly was on the, was on Edmonton negotiation list. And then with the trade for Nick Arbuckle made his way over to Toronto and certainly has benefited the, benefited the Argos. There are always deals that could certainly sweeten the, 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 the opportunity for the Elks to, to let Trey Ford go to another, another team. But I don't know why they would do that. You have the opportunity here to really build something with fires it. Quarterbacks in other situations. Is going to want to try to do with Jake Mayer in, in, uh, in Calgary and say nothing of what Vernon Adams Jr. did uh, with Jordan McSimmick in, in BC. But those those teams are invested in their quarterbacks. And what, if, you could, if you could imagine if you're an Elks fan, if you just throw up down ahead and say, hey, listen, we're bringing the players in junior because we want to throw alongside a, a Canadian quarterback to if you want to give them the tools and the coaching. Uh, it's the only part of this deal that doesn't that doesn't sit well with me is that, yes, it's going to benefit him. So Fires it. Gasol to Fire. tools around him to grow because much like Vernon Adams Jr., we've seen him grow and elevate his game. I can I think we can see the same in uh, through Trey Ford too. But if the Elks were to go ahead, I imagine if a team were to come with a name on a negotiating list and and, and a couple of draft picks to make it advantageous, uh, I could potentially see the Elks moving on from, from Trey Ford, but at the same time, too, McLeod Buffalo Thompson is in his mid-30s. This is not someone that you're going to get a long-term uh, in, or going to have a long-term investment in, so I think keeping Trey Ford, too, is, is a huge asset for the Elks. Curly Gittins is, is a, you know, he's known, he's 26, he's got lots of miles on him, he's established in the Canadian Football League. Uh, interesting trade for both teams. I think for the Argos, it, it benefits them in one way because with Corey Masonell moving on to head coach, be the head coach of the Saskatchewan Rough Riders, uh, there certainly will be a lot of defensive guys on the on the on the Argos who are going to want to make the leap to Regina. So bringing Jake Sorosin in, it, it certainly gives them a little bit of an, not insurance, but you know, a guy who can obviously start uh, from a pass rusher's uh, position in this league and is and has done so well, even though, um, you know, referees beware when he does a celebration. Uh, he, he, he could certainly be uh, a, a great asset to the Argos. But Curly Gittins Jr., maybe this was the benefit of the Argos not really having a, a number one receiver in terms of yardage. Uh, they certainly had guys 
who uh, who Chad Kelly could rely on. And, you know, you think of the Brissettes. You certainly think of what Curly Gittins did. You think of what DeMonte Coxie did. But he has so much talent, Curly Gittins does, and he develops so much. I was talking to the Argos receiving coach, uh, Pete Costanza, this year, and he was talking about Curly Gittins certainly getting paid by the Argos and on a contract extension, but really being diligent in his route running, wanting to be able to be that guy, that number one receiver for, for Chad Kelly. And injuries hampered the end of his year. But I think he'll go into a situation knowing McLeod Bethel-Thompson, and there'll be that comfort level there. Uh, and that allows him to build some immediate chemistry. Uh, but still, for both teams, it, it seems like a trade that could pay dividends, at least in the short term. Uh, I wanted to ask you about free agency. We're, we're a little ways away from it, but the, the free agent list right now, right to the top, like it's it's fascinating and, and it drives me crazy and I know why it's done, but it, it feels like as good as this list looks right now, by the time we get to free agent, it'll be pruned pretty badly by re-signings. I, I think you saw the tone that was going to be set in free agency this year, perhaps by what the Alouettes did, bringing back every, mostly everybody, certainly Austin Mack is going to take an opportunity in the uh, in the NFL with the Atlanta Falcons. But they went ahead and said, we're going to keep our core together. The big one that, that I am interested to see is in Toronto and what kind of um, subtractions could happen on their roster only because that defensive line played so well and was so healthy and was able to rotate players in and out during uh, during the season. What happens perhaps with, with A.J., with AJ Olette, uh, and what that running game looks like in Toronto now that you know the the, the team will be moving on from from someone like Andrew Harris. So uh, I just this is going to be a year where uh, every team will look every team has the opportunity. I really do think on paper uh, there is no one singular dominant team. Certainly the the, the Blue Bombers um, will, will claim uh, after getting to the Grey Cup again that they've got the inside track, but. There's so much opportunity here, but with the way that the way that Montreal started their offseason by bringing their core back, uh, it certainly cemented them and saying they wanted to keep their culture. But of all the teams in free agency uh, that I think could could probably be uh, impacted by departures, uh, I'm looking at the Argos. What about Oliveira? The one thing about Brady Oliveira that that I think is 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 going to be interesting from his perspective is this: at this at his age. And given everything that he's achieved in this in this league, is it his time to look at uh, getting a huge payday, uh, which he no doubt deserves? Is it his opportunity now to look at the NFL uh, on a contract where the running back situation in the NFL isn't always one that he wants to bring in uh, or looks at running backs of a certain age? Certainly, a Canadian running back would be a, a great challenge for him. But he's so integral to what Winnipeg did last year. Um, and really, he had the opportunity and, and in this constant conversation about how the MOP vote should, should kind of evolve. Uh, he was an MOP candidate and was so crucial, not just to the Winnipeg Blue Bombers, but how Zach Calero operated as a starting quarterback. I just think um, if, if the Bombers move on from him, then they've really gone ahead uh, or they're let, or they're going to be willing to let him walk because they don't want to match his number. I don't know. It's, it's, it. I don't, I don't think that that would benefit the bombers at all. If they're trying to get back to uh, a fifth straight great cup appearance, but this is uh he's Brady Oliveira certainly earned the opportunity to dictate his own marketplace. And as I was talking to him, uh, 
towards the end of the season and into the playoffs, he was just someone who had had come to that place where it, it can be dangerous at the negotiating table. He's a, he's a Canadian running back in the vein of John Cornish, in the vein of Andrew Harris, who knows his value. The question is, are the Bombers going to pay up? Yeah, it's going to be wild stuff. Thanks for this. Appreciate it.